You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the Girl X Podcast. This is episode number 85. Or is it? It it is? Isn't it? Oh, you ha- even you had the question mark in there, Melanie. Yep. Since we didn't have the uh we didn't do our future predictions, and there's a good reason for that. Matt D, don't freak out. Uh, <laughs> he said okay, no, I can't I can't sidetrack ourselves already. We have to introduce people. Okay, so I'm of course I'm Randy. I'm Melanie. And I'm Jesse. And we are joined today. It's been a while since we talked to this individual. We are joined today by Pete Mitchell. How's it going, Pete? Great. Thanks for having me. It's been, oh, I think it was 2017 when we talked wow. to you last. It's a long I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm all grows up now. <laughs> I'm it driving. It might have been yeah, even longer uh, because it was right before you released your Diamond Head um, oh, um, yeah. solo project. So that, that was... Was that 2016? 20, I want to say oh, 2016, it was yeah. 2016? Oops. So it's been longer than we thought. Oh, God. That's, that actually that's, makes me sad that that's the last thing I put out. <laughs> like, what the heck? I need to make more music. But you have been. <laughs> but you have been. I mean, you've been doing a lot You did uh, Musings right. on Mars. That's true. All right. I'll forgive myself. Good. <laughs> you should. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and kick off with the first... The first thing, this is, you know, okay, so we've been wanting to have Pete on again for a long time because it was that was a great episode, and Pete's all, always awesome to talk to. Um, Thank you. But we found an excuse, like, hey, <laughs> you're doing a thing, Pete, and we can talk <laughs> about it on the thing. podcast. You should come back. <laughs> come back to us. <laughs> so you're, like running a, you're running a Kickstarter right now, and at the time, I, I believe – There'll be like nine days left at the time that uh, this episode will go up. Tell us all about this Kickstarter, which I believe is already successful, maybe? It is. I Yes, actually. Um, I got very lucky with that. I was a little surprised. So so the initial impetus for this thing, I wanted to do I wanted to do a Kickstarter for a while, but the way that I make things, I don't, I don't really need money up front to make anything. Like, that's not ever been a thing that's, you know what I mean? Like, if it's an mm-hmm. art project or a music project, it's not money that stops me. It's usually like discipline or organization or, or, you know, fighting the, you know, overwhelm or scatterbrain, you know, it's usually some other thing that stops me. That being a human, help. being a human, being a is, human, yeah, that, that human yeah. thing. Ugh, it's the worst. It t- <laughs> until they come up with a, a way to get around that, then yeah, that Kickstarter is not going to help that. But I was, I've always been curious of, uh, you know, whether or not this is something that would be, that would work for me as a, as a tool, but I could never come up with a reason. Anyway, in January is they do this thing called make 100, which is a, like a challenge really to make 100 of something and put it out into the world. And usually it's, it's so they'll, they'll limit the number of backers at that level to a hundred. Usually it's like, you know, you make a book and you only print 100 copies of it or something like that. Usually it's not 100 individual customized things, but I thought that would be more fun. So I decided to do a thing where you can, I'm, I'm going to make a hundred silly superheroes and I want people to name their superhero. And then I will illustrate that superhero and animate them in a, in a, like popping up on screen, striking his pose and saying his name. And the person who names him gets to voice the character in the anime. Like I'm going to 
put all these together in an animation at the end. That was like a terrible elevator pitch, by the way. I was like, the, <laughs> like I just realized like if I'm supposed to be concisely explaining my Kickstarter, I failed right there. But uh, hopefully you get the idea. We don't concisely explain anything on this podcast. Okay, good. Don't worry. Don't worry. You are the perfect podcast for that. <laughs> yeah. That's why you're my boys. Yeah. Even, even the premise of our show is difficult to explain. Oh, <laughs> We're named nice. after a symbol that people use uh, instead of swearing, but we never swear. And we talk about comic books. That's what that means? Yeah, that's what Grawlix yeah, means. What Grawlix I didn't is. know yep. that. So that's Qbert. The Qbert is yeah. the Grawlix king. Yep. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> and we um, and uh, this happens every time. Like every time we explain it, someone hasn't, you know, like they didn't know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Aw. So it's it's <laughs> educational. That's part of our mission. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is I, now. <laughs> I learned something today. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the, one of the examples that you have on the uh, on the Kickstarter page because you know like they they have you do a video and whatnot to explain it and then you had like a secondary video of uh, like one of your first kind of like here's a sample of a silly superhero and it's a potato fudger which I thought is <laughs> perfect for the Grolix <laughs> podcast too because it's like it's just skirting on the edge of. Maybe having a dirty connotation, <laughs> right, you know, right, like, right. no, I, which is no, funny because no, I don't think that. you meant that. It's weird. So, so that one came from my uh, really good friend, Brian Ballinger, who's an incredible artist out of uh, Indiana. And he, anytime I have like kind of a wild idea for something, I'll run it by him. And so I ran this Kickstarter idea by him and he was like, well, I already know what my superhero is going to be. And I was like, you do already? And he's like, yeah, the potato fudger. And I was like, all right, you got to tell me what his power is. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, of course, it's obvious. His power is he could turn any potato into fudge. So I was like, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> the potato fudger. Yeah. So it actually is, it is relatively innocent. Yeah. So if uh, we go and want to do this, we have to give you a character's name and then their powers and then that's it. And you do the rest. That's it. And in fact, if you don't want to come up with the power, you just want to give the name and let me assume the power. That's fine, too. So it's okay. as, kind of as little or as much as you want to information as you want to give me. But, yeah, that's basically it. And I'll okay. illustrate it. And then you get the person would get a, um, you know, a, a original watercolor illustration sent mm -hmm. to them. And then, again, if they want, they can voice the character as, he, as they pop on screen. So right now in the, in the example that you guys saw, Randy, um, it's me just going, I'm going to fudge that tater. But, uh, you know, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately at the end, it'll be my friend Brian saying that. So it'll be whoever gives me the name will say their character's catchphrase. And then the, everything's going to be consolidated into a short film and then a book, a book of all 100 silly superheroes. So that's actually what I'm most excited about. It's going to be a lot of work when I finally get all these names in because I didn't realize that. Like, I actually got to draw all these superheroes now. <laughs> yeah, you, 100, yeah. 100 you superheroes. Watercolor, 100 yeah, watercolor, watercolor superheroes. So that's, yeah, that's that's not uh, not quick. <laughs> I got I to think about that next time I do a Kickstarter. Like, wait, I have to fulfill this, right? <laughs> yeah, now I have to do this. People have given me money for this thing. <laughs> right. I think that's the next the one you'll see will be like 100 Q-tips. Yeah, hundred Q-tips. Uh, yeah, uh, I will buy them and then send them to you. <laughs> I'll send you a Q-tip. That's I, much easier. I, I, to I will drop some paint on the Q-tip by accident, <laughs> yes. so they're and all unique and different. <laughs> exactly. This fuchsia one is Fred. <laughs> I have a feeling that's a that's a realization a lot of people that run a Kickstarter have is suddenly they're like, oh wait, 
I have to do all this now? <laughs> right. It's more than yeah. a theoretical thing. It's like, yeah, exactly. People are expecting these things. And that's fine for me. The big thing is the timeline because I'm, I'm not great about like <laughs> I'm great about being quick on something, but I lose steam very quickly. So I imagine I'll crank out the first 20 and be like, oh, man, this is awesome. And then like I'll get sidetracked by something and then the next 80 will take me forever. Well, um, I, had, mm-hmm. I had a question about that, too. Uh, you're fully funded already. But how many heroes as of this recording, like, cause that's a certain pledge level where you just, where you choose. Right. So how many of those do you have versus how many you're going to have to come up with to make up the difference? That's so funny that you say that I was, uh, yeah, I've been th- talking about that a lot lately. Like, how am I going to fill that gap? So I think as of now, we're still under 50 characters. So okay. if, if I don't get that many more, then yeah, I'm going to have to come up with 50 characters on my own. Which <laughs> Everybody has exercise. a potato power. There's <laughs> yes. the potato flipper. Yes. There's the potato fudger. There's I love it. the potato, potato fryer. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Just give him a Burger King helmet and he's just fine. <laughs> yeah. I love it. No, that's exactly right. Like it's going to, that's going to stretch my, you're going to see a lot of similarities in those, the second half of the superheroes. <laughs> yeah. <think>. You <laughs> could tell what, you could tell what Pete really ran out of steam. There's, Pin hand man, <laughs> window sill, <laughs> window sill. The character, it's just a window sill. Yeah, yeah. He, keep, he keeps the cold air out. That's his power. And his catchphrase is, "What a great view." <laughs> oh, the other thing I didn't tell you. The other thing that makes this even more ridiculous for me is I'm writing a, a miniature theme song for each character. Oh, oh like, yeah. What, what was I thinking? <laughs> you were <laughs> really excited about this. Isn't this enough. Yeah. I'm going to write a hundred mini songs. Like uh, <laughs> this should. This is not Kickstarter. This should be like sadomasochism star starter. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> also, probably a realization a lot of people run a Kickstarter come to eventually. <laughs> right. Well, I, I've heard all the warnings about running a Kickstarter, and one of the reasons why I've taken so long to dive in is because I've I've definitely been afraid because. You know, like I like as of as of recording, I'm 200% funded, which is good. But like, I have to realize a lot of that money is going to go to taxes. That mm-hmm. a lot of that money is going to go to mm-hmm. Kickstarter taking, and then I most of the except for the the watercolor level, which is reasonable for me to produce a watercolor. The rest of the levels are physical things like the book or the postcards. So those actually cost money to make. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So so at some point. Yeah, like the the money I end up with is going to go to fulfillment, which is totally fine. I didn't do this to make money. I just thought it would be a fun idea. But uh, I've read the the problems that people have with shipping overseas and how like if you don't calculate things properly, it ends up like people end up breaking even or even losing money on Kickstarters, even if the Kickstarter is successful. So I'm hoping those two things don't happen. Right. But that's a possibility. Speaking of like crowdfunding and, and like the issues, like every crowdfunding is a little bit different. And you've you've been doing a Patreon for for quite some right. time. This obviously is is different in that uh, the feedback is immediate. It's not like a a slow burn. So having success with this one so quickly, uh, does it give you ideas for how you might use it in the future? Like, uh, do you want to do more new projects like this, or do you have old projects that you'd love to maybe revisit and and see if Kickstarter is the right way to go with them? Man, those are really great, great questions. I think um, a little bit of both probably. So the the real thing I was going to do Kickstarter for was my is my next solo album. It's the one based on the, my Johnny Cash cover of The Man Comes Around. I, uh-huh. I, I um, wrote this album after seeing the movie Logan because I fell in love with that film. It's an amazing film. 
And yeah. uh, you guys have, I'm sure, I'm sure you all have seen that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Because <laughs> again, you're you're my people. <laughs> you know, um, Wolverine's always been my favorite character. So to see it treated like with that depth and, and realness. And anyway, so I fell in love with the film that the Johnny Cash song at the end kind of haunted me in the way that it's supposed to. And so it stuck with me for a while. So I covered that song and then I made like a little sample pack out of my version and started writing other songs based on that. So it's this weird, weird, like meandering kind of journey to get to this place. But I ended up writing a full album of these like post-apocalyptic style songs in that, in that vibe. Right. And I realized Last time I just dropped an album was uh, Diamond Head. And then my friend Bill and I dropped our Musings on Mars cover album. And both of those did poorly. They they were received well. Anybody that heard them liked them. Mm-hmm. But they just, you know, it's, just, it's we're in that time now where people aren't buying albums or for whatever yeah. reason. And so they both kind of fell flat. And I what I thought was I had a, I had a, a theory that the reason for that was because when you just drop something, there's no urgency to get behind it as a as a a buyer or a fan, right? right? And when you do a Kickstarter, there's a built-in urgency. You've got 30 days. You know, if you don't if you don't take part of this thing in 30 days, you're going to miss out on something, you know? Right. And so I thought, well, maybe that's a way to, for me to build kind of urgency and interest in the project while also letting people kind of be part of the process if that's something that anybody cared about. But something that happened with this Kickstarter that I just did, the Silly Superheroes one that I didn't count on that ended up being great was, so I put this thing out there and it was just, like I said, it was for me, it was just a way to do something that fit you know, Kickstarter's make 100 challenge theme. Just, you know, I was like, I really want to do this. Let me just do this. But the unintended consequence was a lot of people like wrote me. They're like, oh my God, I've been talking with my kids trying to come up with our superhero name for the past hour. And like, you know, or just like tons of people like getting back to me saying like how fun that process was for them to like sit there and talk with their kids or their wife or whoever and like come up with what their superhero name was. And it, to me, it didn't, I didn't think of that at the time, but it's, a, it, it makes total sense. Like, I'm sort of challenging people to be creative. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In a way that maybe they wouldn't normally think of, you know? And again, that was unintended. I didn't do that on purpose, but I'm realizing now that I need to do some level of that in each Kickstarter that I do. I need to do something that that gives you that feeling because I, I love that feeling and I, I'm psyched that people are experiencing that. You know, I want more of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that also, you know, that builds added connection to the project itself with with the people with the totally hackers and and yeah the people who get on board it's like beyond just building hype which is you know part of i think what you're saying about uh, like a, like an album figuring out how to build hype and get people like invested in it but yeah like if you get people um connected in a like where they have a creative connection to it in some oh, way totally uh, yeah no, they'll t- definitely be on board with whatever it that's is. huge and i think i think you're totally right about that i think that's the new paradigm we're in now as uh, independent artists and, and creators. Um, mm-hmm. We can't, you know, I can't compete at the Lady Gaga level. I can't compete at this level musically, you know, without the resources. But what I can do is do exactly what you said. I can make a very real, honest connection with the people that listen to my art and buy, listen to my music and buy my art. And I can let, let those people be invested in that in a, in a real way. Mm-hmm. In a way that they can't be with 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 something too big, like you know, no one feels that connection to Maroon Five necessarily because they're they're just too big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and in the future, when they're old or whatever, most likely, who are they going to remember? Somebody that they listen to on the radio, or somebody that you know made something that they had part in. You know, right, right. It's a big it's a big thing for somebody. No, I agree with you. That and that becomes the story, right? That becomes part of their story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I love it. Thank you. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the album, the cover album. You, Jesse kind of brought that to our attention when when you released that because he's a lifer. He's, he's a, he's a <laughs> I'm in. lifer. I, I know, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I have. I the, love when uh, your name pops up on something, Jesse. Anytime I see your name pop up in a comment or a feed, I'm like, yay. Oh, good. good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I have the, uh, the Diamond Head uh, with the limited edition one where you hand printed the CD cases and stuff. I've got that mm-hmm. right here in my office. It's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. I, I like the idea of, of the cover album. Do you want to mention what that is? We don't have to go f- too far into that. And then I just want to like get at what you've been consuming lately and what you've been enjoying. So right on. So that was a that was a really fun project for me. So Bill is the guy that produced Diamond Head for me. He did all the music and instrumentation on Diamond Head and the arrangements. Now normally with No More King stuff, that was Neil's job. You know, any any of our three No More Kings albums, typically, and there was there were variations in this, but typically I would write the lyrics and the melody, and then Neil would craft all the music around that. And then, you know, like I said, sometimes, you know, he would come up with an idea and I would write lyrics to his idea. And so it worked different ways, but usually that was the breakdown. I was in charge of lyrics and melody and he was in charge of all the music. So when I moved out here and, you know, stopped doing No More King stuff so frequently, I, you know, still had to scratch that itch. I still had to make some music. So I um, met Bill and he became sort of the guy that did all the music for Diamond Head. So we finished that and we'd been throwing around ideas about something new we could do. And we always sort of, you know, we go into a studio and he just jams on piano and I'll just start singing. And of course, a couple 80s, we started doing some 80s tunes as a joke. And then we were like, wait, these actually sound kind of cool. What if we did an album of just, you know, 80s and 90s kind of classic tunes done in this really, you know, left of center kind of kind of modern jazz vibe, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then got, yeah, got like real, these really solid players. So like great upright bass player to come in, good, great guitarist, great percussionist, you know, and just really, really treated this thing as like a good kind of jazz album that happened to be 80s covers. <laughs> so we, we, we did that. And there were a couple of songs that didn't, didn't make this album that we were like, all right, well, we're gonna have to do another one. So we plan to do this as kind of an ongoing series where I'll revisit that idea in between bigger, uh, you know, original albums. So like that one came out and then I'll do the one I was just telling you about. I measured hundred weight and then probably we'll do another chapter of the cover album. I think I'm at this place now, speaking about what I've been up to lately, I'm at this place now where I've, I've got a hard drive full of sort of half eaten sandwiches, you know, like all these like <laughs> projects that I start and then like abandon. And so I've got like 10 albums that are like 60 to 80% done that I just need to, you know, I just need to spend that final 20% and get them finished. So I think this year and next year, if, if everything goes according to plan, will be big, big for putting a lot of music out for me. So that's, that's the main thing. And then the other thing is, as a visual artist, I've always, you know, my whole life, teachers always told me I had to choose between art and music. I couldn't do both. They said, there's no way I'm going to be able to do both. And I, I fought that. I was like, yeah, there is, you know, and I, I still feel like that's true to this day, but I, I'm realizing now that they were right in the sense that it's a lot harder. Like if I had, if I were able to just commit to music and I could have been, you know, that guy that just toured and then recorded an album and then toured and I didn't have any art I wanted to make and any, any animation I wanted to make, no, you know what I mean? Like if I could only do music, yeah, I would probably be a little further ahead. And likewise for art, if I only did art, I'd probably be further ahead. I'd be better at it. And I'd also make, you know, more contacts and like that would be what you'd know me for. So right. as it is now, if you're, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know how you feel as consumers of the stuff that I make. Like, are you 
do you find yourself confused sometimes by like like how scattered I am, or do you think that's part of the deal? No, I, I love it because I, I think okay. of uh, artists like Will Smith. I mean, there, for mm-hmm. you know, for every I don't I don't know what a, a good example would be of just a traditional pop artist. For every Taylor Swift, there mm-hmm. is a Will Smith out there. You know, where where it's like he's he's crossing genres all over the place. You know, he's a hip hop artist, but he's also an actor, and he does all these other things. Right. Yep. As long as you do it well, and you're not like some J Lo or something, that I understand. <laughs> you're not some J Lo over here. Some, well, Je- you know. some Jenny from the block. <laughs> well, I think you know it. Kind of makes it's a weird connection because it's different. But you, you think of some of the somewhat popular. They're not like massive, but you think of some of the rappers where they're known for being a rapper. And then also, it's not always artistic things, though. It's a lot of times it's like business stuff, but they're also like. Uh, you know, a businessman. I guess the Kanye right, no, thing, a clothing a mogul, bit. or no, that, uh, there's a ton. You're right. There's but, a ton that are like clothing lines, or like he- headphones, or you know. But that doesn't count. That's like being being famous for being famous. That's does not <laughs> well, the same. I think. <laughs> I true. think in that case, though, that becomes part of their brand, like you know, their right. their personal brand. And I feel like it's different a little bit. And I, I like I said, I'm, I'm not a business guy though, so I respect the art, art artistic side of it more. But I feel like. <laughs> The Pete Mitchell, the Das PD, the Pete Mitchell brand <laughs> is. I think it's a package. I think it is kind of a package. And like Jesse, like Jesse's answer is probably has more weight because he came to you as a as a fan. But I know you because of like because of Jesse. But like I, when I looked into like okay, okay, what's Pete Pete do? What's he into? And it's just like like I know you as like a musician and artist and like a guy with all these projects. So like that's kind of how I know you anyway. Interesting. Okay. That's interesting. So yeah, you, you already kind of, you were okay with the idea that I did a bunch of different stuff. Oh yeah. No, I like it. And from but the I, beginning, but I totally get what you're saying with like, uh, if you could focus on one, you could probably be further oh in my that God. thing. Right. Right. Yeah, but I can't yeah. though. Like, it, I guess what I finally realized is it's futile for me to like imagine myself as this fictitious version of myself that got that right. Like this is who I am. You know, I'm a scattered guy and some people, thankfully, Jesse, you dig it. Like, yeah. Randy, you dig it too. Like, like the, I just have to kind of embrace that, which is fine. I mean, I, you know, I, like I said, I can't change it. But anyway, the reason I bring that up is it makes it harder in a lot of ways. It makes it harder to have my audience know what the heck I'm doing, you know, because mm-hmm. they, like, they're like, wait, he, you know, and then I, I feel like guilty sometimes when I announce something and then I abandon it for something else because I feel like if I were a fan of me, I'd be annoyed that I seem to never finish these things, you know? <laughs> but then I do finish enough that, I don't know, I, I, I'm trying, try, this year I'm trying to concentrate on like maybe less beating myself up about this stuff and maybe more just accepting and then working within those constraints. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. I feel like I probably, I feel like we've had some interaction on social media about this, but I have to ask since we're actually talking, did you watch Cobra Kai? I know this is like you're when that when I first discovered this series was a thing, you were the first person that popped into my mind <laughs> for for obvious reasons. But uh, did did you watch it? Did you dig it? And I know this is I something didn't. I'm I sure didn't watch Jesse it. Would. I, no, I, I it's I feel terrible, Randy. I didn't. I actually didn't watch it. That I um, a, what That's I know. Amazing. I know it, it, it's weird. I still I, I almost am afraid to now, but I. <laughs> <laughs> The first reason was, I think, there were probably some free episodes, but it was YouTube Red, and I didn't have YouTube uh-huh. Red, and I was like, yeah. I'm not going to get YouTube Red for one thing. I should have, because, like, 
come on. But then also, <laughs> oh, this is gonna, this, I don't want to sound petty. This is going to make me sound petty. E- edit this out if it makes me sound petty. <laughs> I, um, I was a little hurt that like they didn't use sweep the leg. I was a little bit like, oh, you got to yeah. use it. Like, why, why didn't you use it? So I think that kind of slightly turned me off to it. And I got to get over that because that's just like silly for me to be hung up on that. So if I can if I can get over that, then I will give it a shot. I should give it a shot, guys. I really need to because like it's my I would probably love it. Oh, I think you would. I mean, yeah, the, the only the only problem is, yeah, it, it's hard to separate because I'm like, yeah, Pete did this first. There is a part of me that is like, uh, you know, like they, he basically already had this nailed out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the story already exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I know you had, like, no ownership of it, but, like, yeah, when I, I'm watching it, I'm like, somehow, in some way, somebody owes Pete money for this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, but, like, he did this. This is his – he did this first. What I love is – I actually do love when I hear that just because I – like, enough enough fans have been like – I already I already saw the this thing. It was called Sweet the Leg. You know, like, I, I do, like – that sort of jumping to my defense kind of vibe. And the, and the truth is, there's no ill will. Like, the people who made this probably felt the same way I did. They were just fans. They were excited to tell this story again. I don't blame anybody for that. I think I was just, like I said, I was a little, I hate saying it because it makes me sound like a, but I, yeah, I was a little butthurt. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I get Which it. Is terrible. It's like a, I mean, uh, aside from like, you know, your personal connection to it, like, what a missed opportunity. For I know. them on, the, on their I know. behalf, like just use the songs. Like I know how out. hard is it? Yeah, exactly. Well, they get, I gotta some, imagine they get asked they, about it too. I mean, like I'm I've, sure they do. I'm I've sure listened they do. to uh, like panels on uh, where they've gone to the con and stuff, and inevitably somebody in the audience wants to know the story of the video sweep the leg. <laughs> it's like, well, oh wow, yeah, I really. Mean, like, they've had to tell the story a few times, and it's like, well, it, you know, you guys could uh, you could have the song on the show it makes yeah it's that easy you know season season two is in production now i mean that and music is a big part of the show so god you gotta think i gotta that it's imagine coming. there's a reason yeah but i gotta imagine there's a reason that they haven't like there it can't just be you know what i mean yeah. like especially to hear what you say especially if they're getting asked about it like i've got to imagine that they they made that decision creatively and said you know what it doesn't fit this universe or whatever that reason is i'm sure there's a reason I'm mm-hmm. sure it's not just we're not going to use it. Like it's got to be. Yeah, maybe gotta, they're, maybe they're yeah. like it's too. Well, I can't it's, say it's kind of I on mean, the nose, right? Like, and maybe they don't want to. Right. Well, I was going to say maybe it's too self-referential, but man, yeah, exactly. They're not. I think that's they're not necessarily avoiding that. So. Oh, okay. But but maybe it's maybe it is like maybe they're concerned it would take people out of it out of out yeah, of the universe. It kind of does, right? It definitely breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> the universe. Yeah, exactly. That could be it. No. I'm okay with that if that's true. I think I think for me, I just I just wanted like from some level just an acknowledgement, kind of maybe what you guys feel too, like just a sense of like I don't know, like acknowledging where it came from. You yeah. know, well, yeah. that's, oh, yeah, for that's sure. the thing because the whole show is uh, referential to this thing that came before. So it seems like, hey, there's the step in between, and just <laughs> acknowledge, right. acknowledge that it came before. I don't know, but it, I mean, it seems like they're all fans of it and and whatnot, and it's just for whatever reason, not in the show. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and, like I said, that, that's okay. I just, and that could be a, you know, I mean, I don't know how it works with, um, production companies necessarily, but that could be also be a decision above some of the creators. Heads, totally. So. Totally. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's a rights thing. Maybe they don't want to get into the Sony. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? could be well, any, yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe they don't want to get sued like Netflix keeps doing. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nobody wants that. To touch on your point about YouTube Red, like, they happen to be doing, because Jesse really wanted to talk about it on the show. And he he's you know he was a big fan of the show he liked it but they were doing like a trial like a, you you could get a like a what was it, a week or a month for oh yeah I think it was a month yeah I yeah. That. yeah so that's that's when I should have done it that's when I did it and I and then after that month I canceled it because it's not worth it the YouTube there's nothing like, else yeah there's nothing else that's on the, like that's it's the, the only the, thing of really yeah. worthwhile yeah I guess there's there's some like uh, there's what's the, that minefield or whatever that um by, oh I heard about that yeah. Oh, my, my, um, the guy you like, Melanie. Yeah. Um, God. Like, there's a couple interesting shows, but it's like, that's just kind of a more, like, a bigger budget thing, a version of what's already on YouTube for free. Right. As opposed to, like, you know, at least, I don't know. One thing I was surprised about with the show, not to, like, really get into talking about the show since, especially since you haven't seen it, but, like, it's YouTube. So I was kind of like, is this like they're doing original series, like like original fictional series now? Is it is it going to feel cheap? Like they actually invested money in it, so I'm I'm kind of I'm glad on that. Oh, nice on that side of it. But well, maybe it was all guys that are in the industry because that that, I, that I was you know like the um what is it? the special effects guys that had their own YouTube channel, mm-hmm. the Freddy, portal, Freddie W, yeah, and Rocket Jump, those were that. always awesome. Yeah, but. That's because they already worked in the movie. Yeah, and they business. build like yeah, and some of those channels they build a business around it, so they have their own production company basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's why they started. Well, not I don't know. If, I don't know about this, but I was going to say I think that's why they started YouTube Red was for that because there were enough channels with above a million viewers that were doing this great content already, and they thought, well, if we can, you know, spin that out into maybe a little kind of deeper dive stuff, like longer, mm-hmm. longer format, you know give them a budget, maybe this could be cool. But I think the problem is exactly what you said. I think um, if you're already a fan of those things, you're just going to watch their channels. And yeah. mm-hmm. there's, there's really no compelling reason to jump over. Cobra Kai is a compelling reason, but you can't, it can't just be the one thing, you know? Right, yeah. Because yeah. like, same thing with, uh, like, I love HBO. HBO is the greatest. But once I finished catching up on Westworld and Game of Thrones, I dropped it. Yeah. Do you, and that's, I'll, I'll that's pick it back up again. Totally when, true, yep. When they start up. And you know yeah, they see that. Yeah, when they start up. <laughs> like, they've got they to see, see those spikes. Numbers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They've got to. Now, Netflix is a little bit of a difference because they're constantly adding new stuff. There's always mm-hmm. new original content on Netflix. I can't, I can't remember the last time I watched like a normal movie on Netflix, which is what it started as, right? Like mm-hmm. it was supposed to be the blockbuster. Now, you, now I'm just watching their original content because it's that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazon's headed that way too. So yeah, it's interesting. But again, to, to your guys' point, I think YouTube hasn't made that jump yet where they have enough compelling original content on there that you can't find somewhere else you know if they if they could figure out a way to do that then yeah they can they can charge the netflix fee and another uh, again i'm sorry to sidetrack this into like non non pete re- focused things but That's like okay. another thing with youtube with me is like not that i don't want to support youtube not that it needs the support it's google owns it okay they they own it <laughs> yeah but, they're doing just fine but i don't want to support the direction youtube's going and youtube red is 100% like part of what I really, I mean, if they're going to produce like quality original stuff like Cobra Kai, that's fine. But like, I don't, YouTube should not be a, a cable network, you know? Like, no, I, I agree. Don't know. Yeah. I know it's against it's the e- right direction. Yeah. It's right. against its ethos. Its ethos was uh, a chant, a, a place for people who make content to put, to share their content. It was supposed to be sort of democratic that way. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. when you when yeah when you shift into it being just another gatekeeper just another 
what am I trying to say? Like a cable network, basically. Yeah, you've, yeah. you've missed the point of what YouTube was supposed to be. I agree with you there. I think that might be one of their big mistakes with just branding it YouTube Red. I think maybe make it a totally different thing, like a totally different name. Don't even connect it to YouTube. Let YouTube be YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spe- speaking of somebody else. tying it back into to your endeavors, since <laughs> we talked to you last, you've really... Uh, You've really bumped up your production on YouTube, too. You've got a vlog series where you've done a number of things, both with music and with, with your art, and and including like when you started diving into like the poured paintings, which, uh, which even ties back to your most recent release with Bill. Uh, that's the cover, you know, like that's yes, the cover of your, good. Good catch. of your album. So like, uh, tell us about making things for YouTube then. So one of the, going back to my like scatterbrain idea of like, I do art, I do music, I do animation, like what? So I figured, I finally realized that the, the best way for me to combine all that stuff is through video, because then I can show, I can, I can have the artwork come to life somehow where it's being animated some way, or, or I, or even just show how I'm making it. I can easily show how I'm making my music and then end the final piece with the final music that I have with the animation. I mean, so it's, for me, it became like the great way to just combine everything. And so once I kind of made that leap mentally and doubled down on that, that's, yeah, that's when I started making things that were really fun for me to make, but I think are a little bit more interesting to watch where you have like the, the re- recent poured painting stuff I've been doing, you know, the first half of the video is me making the poured painting, which is, you know, mildly interesting, but then the really interesting th- stuff happens when I start turning that painting into something else. I start finding a way to animate it, or I start making music from it by like, you know, mangling that. Yeah, whatever. Like, so that to me, yeah, that's been exciting for me just to really use YouTube. Now, it's funny, too, because <laughs> I have this sort of ongoing problem where I've got, you know, a, an audience with No More Kings, but we're not making any new No More Kings content. So I'm still trying to I'm still making stuff as me, but I'm it's hard for me to, like, port those people over and say, like, hey, guys, I know you came here for for this, but come and watch this stuff while you're while you're waiting, you know, right. and so. Yeah. So like my No More Kings YouTube channel has a pretty, has a, a decent subscriber base, but I'm not posting anything there because it doesn't relate to No More Kings. And so that's been a little, not frustrating, that's not really the right word, but a little bit, yeah, a little bit frustrating to like be making this stuff for my channel that has a very small subscriber base compared uh, to, mm-hmm. compared to the No More Kings one. But yeah, anyway, it's nice to hear you say that, that you've noticed the increase in the the quality because I feel like once I made that connection in my brain of how to bridge everything together. I really did want to make these things really, really interesting and, and fun to watch. So I'm glad that you feel that way. Oh yeah. It's like a sandwich. Like you have all the different layers of the sandwich and YouTube just became the bread. <laughs> now, <laughs> now we have, now we have a sandwich. We have a package. <laughs> I love that it. it was just a salad. Some mushy moldy salad. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that got morose all of a sudden. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I really, this is jumping back into the interview. It wouldn't be a Grelox interview if we weren't kind of all over the place. But you mentioned Logan and being a big fan of Logan. Uh, just out of personal curiosity, did you watch the black and white version? Have you watched? I have seen it on Blu-ray, but I, did, I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater. It screened a couple... Uh, theaters here in Las Vegas, and I just missed missed the screening. So I did see it, and it's a, it's incredible. Like I definitely see how that was the. I mean, that was the intention, and then right, and then the, the studio said, "No, let's do the color." So he yeah, was able. Well, I think yeah. it. What it, well, I guess it probably changes from time to time, like depending how the director's feeling about 
what the ultimate decision was, but I don't know if it was the original decision, but at some point while filming it, for sure, they were like, it'd be awesome if this was black and white. So they wow. shot it with that in mind. Oh, like, great. But yeah, also knowing it was going to end up being color. But yeah, the right. high contrast, yes. high contrast lighting. Well, like, that's I the thing. You can't just great. take a movie. Oh, it did. You can't, And that's the thing. Like that, That's why I think you're probably right about that. I, you can't just take a movie and turn it black and white. Like it's not necessarily going to work. You know, the mm-hmm. like exactly what you said, the contrast, the richness, like certain colors obviously would look the same. So they, you know, so you have to, you have to shoot the color stuff knowing what it's going to look like in black and white. And yeah. I think that that's obvious that they did that there. And it works so well too, because, you know, the movie Shane is such a big part of, of Logan and having that be in black and white in the color version, you know? So to, mm-hmm. to do this version where it almost feels like it could be Shane, you know, it's an extension of that Western. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. It really drives that home, I feel like. What have you, like, has there been any movies or TV shows that you've been really digging lately? Like, what have you been consuming? Oh, man. Well, obviously, you guys know everything Marvel. I'm, like, all over. Oh, so yeah. this is this is a really exciting year for me because we've got, you know, Captain Marvel coming up. And then we've got, obviously, Endgame after that. And then even, I know it's not Marvel Studios, but it's a Marvel property. Even the um, Dark Phoenix stuff I'm still curious about. Sure. Mm. I think that'll be really cool. So there's enough stuff coming up this year to, to get me. But, um, yeah, Infinity War was mind-blowing. I mean, that film totally rocked me. I just rewatched it. Um, me too. Me too. Yeah, not too long ago. It was the second time I we saw we saw it in the theater, mm-hmm. and then yeah, I rewatched it not long ago, and uh, it's awesome. Like it's just so it's, good. The fact that they were able to pull that pull it off, and again, I I mean, there's very few people that like would be able to go into it not knowing anything about the Marvel universe, the cinematic universe at all. But I'm still very curious as to like how that movie comes across to somebody who doesn't know the other, who's never seen one of the other movies. Yeah, but, I I think it works still. Yeah, yeah, I think it would too. I think the story at least would be engaging enough, or at least the spectacle. But yeah, and they give you they give you an. I think that's why I'm so impressed by that film. Is I don't know anybody else that that could have pulled kind of what you're saying. Like I don't think. Anybody else could have pulled that off. Like it, it manages to be a standalone film while really still referencing all 19 of the previous films. You know, like the fact that all the characters are on screen and, and you have to give everybody equal time. And I, I've read interviews where the reason why maybe we got a little less time with the original Avengers is because they're going to be prominent in Endgame because obviously they're the yeah. ones that survive, survive the snap. So, so even knowing that, you're like, oh, I get it. Okay, so they were trying to, give spread out the screen time a little bit more for the other guys that are going to not survive the snap. You know what I mean? So, but, but yeah, there's just so much, what a, what a balancing act really to pull that off and, and get us where, where it didn't feel overwhelming. Like we were along for the ride. It was exciting, but we still had enough time for like really meaningful moments too. And time to let everything sink in. We had a, a, a villain that you could kind of, you don't agree with him, but you understand why he thinks he's doing the right thing, you know? And, and, my favorite part about that movie was in screenwriting, the hero is sort of the champion of the premise, right? The moral premise. And so in a cop, cops and robbers movie, that premise might be crime doesn't pay. And so the hero is the cop who's going to prove that premise, that crime doesn't pay. Then you have the villain who's the champion of the anti-premise. He's the one that says, no, I, a crime does pay and I'm going to prove that. And so the movie works because you have those two premise and then the anti-premise at odds. And, and you, know, you have these champions for each of those things. One of the reasons why I loved this movie so much as I know that, and I see that in movies, but it's a little harder to find. This was like right up front. So 
Thanos' whole point is he's going to trade half the universe's lives so that the other half of the universe can live. So his, in his mind, he's literally trading half of all life to make the other half of life better. And several times it comes up for, for the Avengers where they say, we do not trade lives. We just don't. Like no one's life is more important than another. We don't trade lives. Like that, that, that line is said, Vision says it. You know, like it's just, that's, I've never seen it done that clearly where you're like, wow, like this is really, those are the two ar- sides of the argument basically. And it's being, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? No, yeah, for sure. It's just a work of art. The whole film is just a work of art. It's a work of art and it's a work of craft. Like it's really the craft of filmmaking, I think is, I loved it. I thought it was a masterpiece. But anyway, good God, so TV stuff. <laughs> so obviously, obviously Game of Thrones, I'm super psyched about getting back into that. Westworld, I'm crazy excited about where they'll continue to go with that. Both those yes. seasons are amazing. I'm really ready for another Black Mirror. I didn't watch the um, interactive one yet. Have you guys done Bandersnatch? that? Bandersnatch? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, I'm excited too. It's pretty cool, man. I like it. I should just do it. I should just do that. I liked today. it a lot. I watched I, I, I've done it twice, uh, once by myself and then once with Melanie. And you got different endings? We got several endings, but yeah, oh. no, Melanie found, for the most part, a lot of Melanie's decisions were the same ones I made. So a lot of it kind of took the same path. But nice. then I found a weird ending and she, I... She found a weird, very fourth wall bro- breaking, <laughs> like oh, literally really? fourth wall breaking yeah. ending. And I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah, it was, yeah. That's you could tell. You could tell when you there's so there's like two endings that are kind of wacky and other, the other ending like the other final ending I got because I guess there's five main intended final okay. endings but there's also several others that like will come to an ending but then give you a chance to jump back from to a different point but uh there's a couple that are pretty wacky and then the other ones are depressing very, very black mirror <laughs> yeah oh, very wow. depressing and oh my god yeah that ugh, that show is I so thought, good I thought I when well, okay can I, I don't know say exactly what happened but at some point when he's there like he's like let's fight or whatever it was hilarious and i'm like this is not this this is not real this is, is not it, this show it's kind of out of character for the show right yeah but it but it's okay because at that point like that happens and then it's like or you could jump back to here and so you know most people probably jump back and then eventually oh, okay they correct it basically it's kind of fascinating because apparently you can they say on the shorter end of it, you could run through it in about 40 minutes and get, like, one of the intended endings. On the longer end, it, you could go through it for, like, three hours. Oh, my goodness. Like, it's pretty wild. And there's a lot of stuff. And it's really well done. Just, mm-hmm. like, if you do it on a computer, on a phone, it's a little more obvious. If you do it on the computer, it works pretty seamlessly. Other yeah, than that's, the, that's where I would do it. Yeah. Other than the slightly awkward, like like solid 10 seconds that it'll like hold on a shot while you make your decision. Sometimes you make your decision and then they just stand there for a while and it's just like, oh, okay, okay, let's go. It's a little That's awkward, funny. but That's funny. It's, it's, it was pretty cool. It's, it's worth, it's worth checking out for sure. And like the premise is all, the idea of the story is all about like, the premise of the gimmick. And right. for me, that's, that's what I think well. I'm going to love. Yeah. The fact that it's, yeah, it's self-referential that way because it's it's even a period piece, isn't it? Like, isn't it the early yeah, it's beginnings 80s of when? And, yeah, so it's perfect. Yep. That's when that stuff was coming out, and and I oh my god, I that I always wanted someone to do something modern with that format. So it's good to see that that they did. There was a resurgence of even text adventures recently on like Steam or whatever, like mm-hmm. you know, like in, independent because they're very easy to make. Not easy, but they're 
low, uh, low barrier in terms of programming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, uh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm excited about that. Um, what kinds of stuff should I be watching? Oh, oh man. So <laughs> I've, so I've can been, of worms. <laughs> you mentioned Netflix. Have you been watching uh, many Netflix original series? I, and I realize like half of, so half of the original series on Netflix are basically foreign shows that Netflix right. bought the rights to. Right. But right. I've been eating up a bunch of that stuff and some of that's really good. Like what? Uh, let's see. I just finished 1983. Okay. Season one. That's uh, pretty good. It's like a, I guess, I don't know that that would appeal to comic book fans, I suppose, but it's like an alternate history thing. And the 1983 is like a reference to 1984. It's not directly connected. Right. There's a, like a 1984 book nod in it at some point, but it's like kind of got a little bit of themes of that. But in a, in a way, it's kind of a political thriller, which is generally not my thing. And part of the thing I was concerned about is I can't recall what country it is offhand that it takes place. It's like Poland or something. Okay. And I don't know the actual history of Poland well enough to be like, appreciate the alternate history that they're doing. Oh, right. Yeah. For but, you, it's like that. Yeah. No difference. Yeah. But like, well, this could almost like, except for when they mention what the Americans are doing and the fact that Al Gore's president, like <laughs> this could almost just be history. I wouldn't know, but I don't know. Like 1983 is really awesome. Uh, Babylon Berlin is not another period piece. That's kind of interesting. That was uh, produced by God. What's his name? Tom Tw- Twink Twink. Oh yeah. The, t- run, I, the run, yeah, Lola yeah, run t- guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you, I don't know how to say his name, but there's no vowels in it. It's, it's not yeah. our fault. So <laughs> it's that, like T-W-K-K-R or something. Yeah, I know you're talking about. That was really good. What's more Grawlicks appropriate? Uh, we watched a lot like Sabrina. That was. Oh, Sabrina. Oh, that How was watched that? Sabrina? I, watched, I watched the first episode. I, I liked it. It was just a little, I don't know. It, it, it didn't, when I finished the first episode, I was like, yeah, okay, that, that's enough for me. I don't need more. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I should have probably watched the rest of it, but it, it was. It's, it's always kind of weird, but it gets darker. And uh, Okay. Yeah, I think that makes it more interesting to, for me, at least. I feel like right. it, we we talked about it on a recent episode. I loved it. I thought it was awesome, but I'm I love the style of it. Yeah, and it's like yeah, I said, yeah. it's it, it's like Halloween, the TV show, like yeah, the season. Totally. It's the holiday distilled into TV show. Form. Right. So I love that, but I feel like it's it's especially clunky at first. In yeah. terms of like exposition, like that yes. first episode yeah. is definitely like the exposition's yes. kind of sloppy, and I feel like that gets better. Oh, okay, but mm-hmm. but for me, that the major my major criticism was it does kind of like the the exposition's kind of clunky throughout the whole thing. Yeah, okay, a bit. But, but they like establish like they're constantly establishing the world, so that's part of it. They're just trying to get everything like right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, this is a total tangent, but. Um, uh, where are you guys with Walking Dead? I'm current, and uh, okay, I, or I think I'm current. We fell off. Well, maybe I'm not years current ago, but I'm on the current season been that long? at least. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know when we fell off. It was just one of those shows. Like, I mean, because we don't have AMC, so we'd have to find it through other means or wait yeah, for me the streaming service. Me, so me too. We fell off. It was. I always buy the, it, so I always buy the current season and then watch it. I'm always only a day off. I I mean, we still. I was still enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's just well, and I think we fell off around the time I moved out here. So like I moved, and like there was just a change in our habits, our viewing habits, oh, okay. and stuff. So it was just one of the f- couple shows that we just haven't picked back up yet. Right? Oops. Yeah, I'm just always curious about people because you were fans at some point. You were like always. At, I love I love okay. Walking Dead, and I really want to watch it. But yeah, yeah, okay. 
Cause like I, I've had, I love it and I get so disappointed in it at the same time. It's yeah. one of those, like nothing, yeah. nothing can infuriate me like that show, but also when it's, when it hits, it's so good and I'm not going to give up on it. Obviously I'm going to stick with it, but like, Oh my God, there's so much in recent history of that show that I'm like, guys, come on, get your crap together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So are you, are you current? I'm current. Yeah, I'm totally current. I'm both Fear Fear the Walking Dead and uh, regular Walking oh, Dead. Oh, man. You know, I they, see, did, they did that crossover. Oh, right. that. I'm not that far in. Like, I, I would like to go back and, and get at least to the crossover point. Um, Fear is fun. Fear, it's completely different. Yeah, right. I don't know how much of that you watch, but it's it's interesting. Yeah, when it gets to the crossover, it's kind of nice because I love Morgan. And so it's fun to just see Morgan doing more Morgan stuff, you know? Sure. He didn't get that much screen time in, in the regular Walking Dead. So he kind of runs the show in fear when it switches over. Oh, so. he goes over to fear, really? Yeah, see, that's yeah. That's how far back we are. Yeah, we watched the first season of fear. Okay. Fear Walking Dead. Yeah, they're in see? like four now, I think. So you're pretty, you're pretty far behind. I'm so glad you mentioned Walking Dead because that reminds me of a show i just started watching on netflix that i should have recommended instead of any of that babylon bull babylon bull <laughs> i'll have to cut that but any of that other <laughs> just grolics it <laughs> that's the cute that was a cubert noise that you can use <laughs> i was gonna say i think that's our new clip for when we have to censor ourselves yeah <laughs> it just be you doing the cubert noise <laughs> okay i just started watching kingdom oh and so i'm about four or five episodes in and so far it's pretty good. It is um, – man, I don't want to get the country wrong. It's not Japan. But it's like – okay, so it's like – I'm going to look this up for you real quick. Asian, Asian zombies. What? Asian zombies. Oh, they're yes. zombies? During zo- samurai times, right? It's yeah, Korean. So it's, oh, samurai zombies. It's Korean. I am okay, all yes. over this. Are you kidding me? So you've Dude, seen uh, The Train to Busan, just, right? Just as a separate – Yeah, yeah. Point. Yeah, okay. So anyway, continue. But I, I saw no the trailer. I saw the trailer. I don't know where on YouTube. Probably at some point. It's a TV series, but it's zombies in like, uh, you know, what do they, if it's Korea? What do they call like that time period? I don't know. Oh right, like not Edo, but like yeah, the like yeah the Japanese equivalent of the Edo period, right? Like exactly. Yeah, it's that time di- period. Dynastic. But it's like modern style zombies. It's, oh, it's not, weird! That sounds crazy. With the yeah, the infection, and they kind of have their own like slightly different rules. Like they're they're not a uh, they sleep during the day. Like the zombies, like they go and like hide so like people can like oh like I Am Legend style almost. Yeah, yeah, and then at night they come out, and it's <laughs> that's so, so cool, dude. It's so interesting it. to see that type of setting, you know, with yeah, with yeah, the modern gory. Because it is that modern gory zombie thing, I'm but it's pretty that. cool. That like, cool. Been, yeah, you should check that out. I've been enjoying it. I remember yeah. seeing the thing for it. I had no idea it was what you just said. I, for some reason, it mm-hmm. didn't look interesting to me because I guess there's no way to show all that in a thumbnail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's pretty good, and it's. I'd say it's pretty effective in the zombie stuff. There's a couple times like there's a lot of like um, not to not to just group them all together, but like especially Korean entertainment, tonally, like, their stuff kind of be all over the place. Where right. it'll be, like, melodramatic one moment and, and then, then kind of goofy the next yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't feel like the show is too extreme in that respect, but there's definitely some... Uh, one of the most, like, where I was watching it, I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty tense. Like, it's building up to, like, this kind of zombie situation, like, one of the first zombie situations. And I was like, this is really well done. Like, it's it's tense and, like... Stuff's about to go down, but then they kind of undercut it with like a couple of these goofy characters there, like being like 
I don't know, goofy in a way that characters only are in those type of right movies yeah. and shows. Yeah. Right. So like it's a weird mix, but it's it's not too extreme in that respect. Okay. I know what you mean though. That's just enough to be like, ugh, why'd you no, don't do that. Don't do that. Get, no. the, get, get those two guys out of there. They're right, not necessary. Right. They're, they're need... dragging down the tone. <laughs> yeah. The Gildenstern and Rosencrantz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh but yeah, anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you should check that out. I think you'd like Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. No, it's cool. I mean, I know there's that other uh, Z Nation, which I tried to get into, and I, I just thought it was terrible. Like, there's other, there's a bunch of zombie, not bunch, but there there are zombie, like, uh, serial stuff that doesn't work as well as Walking Dead, and that's why, one of the reasons why I'll always return to Walking Dead is because it's it was the original, and it's still doing it the best, in my opinion. But yeah, I just, I think it's funny that you, what you, what you hinted on with the, so one of my problems with zombie movies, and I want to get over this, but is like it's it's always so obvious that it's just people in makeup pretending to be dead, you know, like mm-hmm. and and once it's hard to look past that for me. And I, I don't I want to look past it, obviously, and I do. But that's the one thing it's and I think part of that is because of the way they're usually extras because of the number that they need. So they're not like, you know what I mean? Like their acting is going to be like about what you'd expect from extras. Yeah. The makeup for the hero zombies is great. And then once you further back, you get, they get a little looser or whatever. But also, you know, you just see, you could tell that it's prosthetics and skin tone, like, or like they won't, they won't age their hands, but they'll age their face. So you'll be like, wait, yeah. you know, like they'll just make these small little errors that kind of hurt the, the full believability of it. And I keep wishing someone would make one where they really decided to get all that stuff right. Well, I feel like The Walking Dead, especially for a TV show, And not that they don't suffer from the, like, you can tell when there's lots of zombies. It's like some of the zombies are a little less convincing. Mm -hmm. But they do have, like, when they have, they put, they channel their time and makeup crew onto, like, a hero zombie, you know, like a central zombie. The makeup and stuff is Even if it's just, like, a scene that's supposed to be hard on you, those zombies have a lot of attention to put on them. And then kind of combine that with... um, I don't know that it necessarily translated well. And this is not a great example of like good zombie, but I remember reading back in the day when the first Resident Evil came out, I just remember them making a big deal about they hired dancers to perform yes. it, to, as the zombies. That's because what I'm they getting had, like, at. Absolutely. Total control of their bodies. So they could Same like, thing with World War Z. Like yeah. they, yeah, you want like, you don't want them to behave normally. You want them to be a little twitchy and like what dead, resurrected dead people, you know? So that's part mm-hmm. of it. I don't know if it's a matter of like, I was thinking of how would you solve this? Would you film them in reverse? And then like, you know, so they had like a weird walk or would you speed up? The, I don't know. Like, are, are there techniques you can use to make them? Or maybe what you said, just hire people that th- their whole thing is, you know, all, cool looking body movement that isn't really, yeah, any of that. Like, I think, um, speaking of Train to Basan, there are those zombies that like, stand up like from being on their back you know that like mm-hmm. weird arched way and it looks so cool like they almost did a better job in that movie of having really otherworldly movement yeah you should watch kingdom i mean okay, some of the okay. some of the extra some of the extra zombies are pretty it's like s- s- slump and run that that was the direction <laughs> but dude speaking right. of the one like when that that scene specifically i mentioned where they kind of undercut it with a couple of the characters on the scene or in uh-huh. the scene but when a zombie because there's a bunch of people like there's a crowd watching and then there's a bunch of zombies when the zombies finally rise the first one like they do the art where she's like laying on her back and like just arches straight up. Yeah, I love feet. that. And it's so, so unnatural. Like you could, you're like, physics wise, I don't think that would work, but it looks awesome. Right. 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Like, I just want to see them with that level of of care in the way mm-hmm. that differentiating how zombies would move. And also just they're driven differently. They're not like people going, ah, I'm going to grab you. You know, like, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's got to be like, <laughs> I'm going to get are, you. <laughs> I'm going to get you. Oh, I got gotcha. you. You know, like, yeah, anyway, I mean, it's funny to talk about them like they're real things, but I, that's how I think. I think like treat this as if it's a real, you know, physically motivated like this thing wants to eat flesh, right? So it almost would move mouth forward, you know. Like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I just would re-examine how we're portraying zombies. You bring up a good point. And that's something that I think for like zombie stuff or superhero stuff or anything where you step back and you look at it and you're like, "This is ridiculous." Mm-hmm. How? Why do? And and that's kind of part of the problem. I know a lot of people like they don't take it seriously and like, why do people take this stuff so seriously? I think that's this that's what really separates like the quality genre movies and shows is when somebody can take this ridiculous premise on paper and then treat it seriously and or totally at least agree. treat it like with respect and like really think about yeah these aspects. I agree. Yeah. I think that's why Marvel the Marvel stuff works so well. We know it's superheroes, we know it's based on comics, but they've done a they've done it in such a way that if they did exist, this is how it would look. Like it feels very grounded to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can get invested in it, and it's like, yeah, you know, all the dramas, like any drama, if there's those are still fictional characters. I mean, you might be able to relate relate to them in some type of way, but you know, it's still fiction. So, if it happens to have superheroes in it, that's fine. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like they can still address the same issues, even if they do address right. realistic issues, that will oftentimes make it more interesting. You know, it's funny that you say that because I think one of the one of the big there's so many differences between the DC cinematic universe and the Marvel cinematic universe. And I really feel like uh, unless some major changes happen, you know, DC just is so far behind, like in terms of one of the reasons I think for that. There's a couple of things I think even in the source material. But to get to get kind of to the point that you're saying, like we connect to the Marvel characters because they're human first. They're humans with powers. They're not defined by their power. Captain America I mean, he's super strong and he's super whatever, but that's not what attracts to him. He's all heart. He always does what needs to be done. He's like just such a good guy, like such a good person, you know, and Tony Stark is conflicted. He's like arrogant, but he wants to, you know, like everybody has their, their flaw and their, and their like humanity. And I think when you get into DC, even the source material, I mean, literally Superman, like he's an alien from another thing. Like there's no flaw there. There's nothing Wonder Woman, like she's perfect. Like everybody's perfect. You know, Batman is the closest to maybe a, a Marvel type character, in my opinion, where like he's definitely flawed. He's got his demons. But everybody else, it's like it's hard to really relate to these people. So you're watching these super characters fly around and super beat each other up. And it's, you know, just all punches all day long. And then you get into Marvel stuff and it's much more. I don't know. Like there's more to probably unpack than what I'm getting into just there. But even on just that level, I think a big difference between being able to connect to those characters and and having some kind of humanity, some kind of flaw, some kind of thing that we can relate to and then kind of grounding that in a way that we can see ourselves in that world. No, yeah, I think I think you have a point because well, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh two point I haven't watched the, I haven't seen that new Aquaman movie yet, but Aquaman like a lot of the and I think that's why Batman does so well for DC. But a lot of the DC, the main DC roster, the main characters, they're not people with superpowers. They're gods. Yeah. They're gods. And, yeah, they're and gods. You're it's, right. It's hard to make them 
seem more human, more mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yes. Yeah, the same way the Greek gods had that same problem, and the only way to make us relate to those stories was they had to make them uh, have babies with humans, so that we had a human Hercules. We can relate to Hercules because he's half man, you know. But we can't relate yeah. to Zeus. I don't, you know. So I think yeah. you're right. They yeah. made that problem of making. Yeah, because Aquaman's a god, like he's half god, but basically, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and you're right, Batman has always done well in all of its iterations because of his humanity. I, I still just want to say, if the Scarlet Witch and Vision had actually used their powers the way they could, then we wouldn't even have to worry about any of this other movie that just happened. I know, they they have to nerf them in the movies, because you're right, they would just be game-changing. Yeah. Both of them, yeah. game-changing. OP. <laughs> Two OP, yeah, yeah they, had to, they had to nerf them, man. <laughs> The new patch, the Marvel patch 1.0 came out and <laughs> they nerfed their powers a little bit. Okay. One other thing I want to ask about Thor, the the Ragnarok. Do you see that? Loved it. I saw that probably seven times. Oh, so good. It's the, it's so good. So good. Like, Which is great because Randy hated the first one. The, f- the first two. The first the, two are like, eh, they're meh. They were my yeah, least I- favorite of the Marvel films until three. The second one was okay, but it was forgettable. The first yeah. one, I yeah, I hate. I I left that theater. Kind of, I didn't pay for it. Luckily, one of Melanie's friends paid for us and took us. Uh, but I was kind of upset when I left the theater. Yeah, the I was not time. happy about the Marvel universe at that point. I was like, really, guys? You had but Iron Thor, Man, which is a slam dunk, and then you do this. Come on. Thor Ragnarok was such a turnaround. It was mm-hmm. so good, and like, it's. I mean, it kind of sucks because, in a way, because breaks a little continuity in the universe because they yeah. changed the character. Like, no, totally. Quite a bit. But they changed it for the better. That movie's so so good. It's so fun. And my only kind of my only beef with Infinity War is that there's no Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> dude jeff goldblum makes everything better like yeah yeah just add more jeff goldblum to each movie and you're gonna be fine oh, he's so good he's so good in that he's so that ridiculously good like again oh, having man. seen it seven times you get to watch the nuance of i and i've always loved jeff goldblum but he he has his style he has this kind of well, well, well what about what about what about this you know he does like that he's got that delivery which i love but something about this character was so well i don't know man his performance is off off the chain it's so fun and nuanced and really interesting and like oh god that is he was so good in that movie you always feel like okay, he yeah. is legitimately just discovering something he's like oh totally. oh that's good yes, totally. let's do that you know yes it feels real you're right it feels so real I saw him a couple times in uh, in L.A. when I lived in L.A. because he uh, he has a jazz band that he plays with. He plays piano. He's so much fun. He seems like like the nicest guy in the universe. And he's just up there having a great time playing and singing. And I don't know, man. Like, if I didn't already love him, I, I fell in love with him watching him play piano. Oh, sure. Yeah. After after Ragnarok, I fell down into I fell down into a YouTube hole of just Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum interviews. And he did a bunch of like YouTube videos and interviews for different channels kind of oh, after the, cool. to, to I promote the movie a little bit oh there's so it's so good it's so funny like even just stupid ones where uh there's one where i don't know it's one of those magazines like not gq but you know some magazine has a youtube channel and they'll get have celebrity interviews and stuff but one was just like showing jeff goldblum tattoos people have of jeff goldblum <laughs> and just his reactions to these tattoos and it's just endlessly fascinating to me oh my god i love it i love it Dude, if you get a chance, watch Ragnarok with the director commentary. Taika Waititi oh. is one of the funniest humans on this planet. Oh, yeah. And that commentary is like 
gold. His daughter keeps coming in and interrupting him, and his daughter, like, doesn't like the movie. She's just like, meh. And she, like, leaves, and he's like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Oh, man. What's he doing next? I want to know. I know. Well, I mean, he's still – the character's not gone, and he's the brother of the collector, so he he should appear in another Marvel film at some point. Hmm. Yeah, huh? I want to know. But, yeah, I don't know if he's got his own own stuff going on. I would watch anything that he does. I know yeah. what what we do in the shadows was going to be a TV show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I that think... makes me sad because it's going to be terrible. The, we, well, I think – We don't do a good job of I think taking... he was involved. Was he? So – I think cool. he was involved, but they were also going to, and I don't know if this is still a thing, they were also going to do a TV show based on the werewolf characters, and I don't feel like that would be nearly as strong. That was supposed to right. be another movie called uh, We Were Werewolves. Wolves or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. That's not quite as strong, although very fun. Reese Darby is really – I mean, it was it's good. But no, my problem is that movie was so perfect, and I watched some of the like American version stuff, and it was just awful. The same way like – most people watch the American office without having seen the British office, and so they loved it. But if you've watched the British office, you can't watch the American one. It ruins it because it's the British office is so good. And then you watch – I mean the American office became its own thing after a while. But season one of the American office where they tried to basically use the same script from the British version, it's just painful. It's painful. To, it's so awkward to watch them miss the comedy. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what's happening with what we do in the shadows. The, our American version of it doesn't have any of the – subtlety or charm that the New Zealand version had. And it's, it's, I hate when that happens. I don't mind the idea of redoing something and and bringing it to a wider audience. I'm okay with that. It's not that I'm against, you know, that, but like you, you gotta get somebody that really gets the tone. Yeah. I think they should just force people to learn to read and make them watch the originals because yes. (laughs) Well, those are even like, you know, they're in English. Yeah. Those are not even. Yeah. Oh, well then yeah. What? Like like Broadchurch or something, you know they yeah. they, yeah. they even had Tenet in the American version, but I'm not going to watch it. I didn't even it. know they made, made American uh, version. It's, it's, it's called that. Grace Point. You don't. You don't. Need, I mean, it's the same show, only not as good. You know. But why would they right. do that if broad? I mean, especially in the world of streaming, just point people to the the yeah, source exactly. material. Yeah. Why they? It's know. weird. I think Fox uh, owned Grace Point, and you know, Fox wants to make some money too, so they want to have mm. their well, own version yeah. of the thing. You know. There you go. Let go. the right one in bothers me a little bit. I think that that was a yeah. fantastic movie. There was no reason for them to make to remake it. Yes, yeah. and I mean yeah. at least they brought on a good director. But I I liked the original better, and I think I liked the directing it, in the original. It better. was as mm-hmm. good as it could be. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like if you're gonna do it, that's the way to do it. But it still pales it's, in comparison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So see, there's no re- anytime they remake it, it's never gonna be as good. Yeah, I know. Was there anything else specifically you wanted to mention? Did you want to talk about? Not really. I guess, I mean, I'm thankful that you guys covered so much stuff for me. I think um, one of my big things I'm trying to do is I'm really trying to send people to my YouTube page. I really want to grow that because I feel like I want to, I'm going to be spending a lot more time making stuff there. So I feel like, you know, if you like what I'm doing, you want to keep up with it. That's probably the best place to play along. But yeah, other than that, I'm just, I'm planning on releasing a metric crap ton of music this year. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. We'll have links. We'll have links, uh, you know, for, for the listener, uh, Hit up our show notes at growlixpodcast.com. We'll have links to all this stuff. We'll have links to his YouTube channel and um, any other social links and stuff. PeteMitchell.com, isn't that kind of your hub? Da- DosPD.com, Oh, Dos, I, I think I got that wrong last time. DosPD.com, yes. 
I don't know if there is a PeteMitchell.com. I should try to get it just in case. <laughs> There's too many people with my name. That's the problem. I went to the dentist the other day and the person was like, Top Gun. And I was like, yes, no one remembers that. Do you remember that? <laughs> Tom Cruise's character's name was Pete Mitchell in Yeah, that? yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah. I was I was looking at uh, Spotify today, and uh, the oh most, yeah, who's that guy? Oh my God, uh, was it? It's on your artist page. I but know, I know. I your hate most that. popular I, song is, is is not me. Is a reggae uh, <laughs> artist? Really? Yeah, yeah. It's not me. But the thing is, and it's not that popular, but that makes me sad. Like that, I can't get enough streams to to knock it off the page. I want to get <laughs> enough streams to knock that off the page so that yeah. it's not there anymore. So go to the Spotify and play Pete's stuff, So, but not the reggae Please. One. <laughs> Please, not the other guy. <laughs> do you have a Spotify artist account, Pete? I do. I do. Okay. The, well, I don't know how attentive the Spotify team is to- No, they were nice. I, I did I, I did a, what's called the um, artist separation request. Yeah. And That's they did. I, yeah, they were okay. able to take some, but for some reason that one just lingered. I guess I can ask again, but I'm I'm hoping to just it's only got like three thousand streams. So I feel like why don't I just beat that and then I can you know what I mean? <laughs> have force it off the page. But There'll that's actually harder. To Pete's Spotify yes! uh, profile and you can go help him out. Help stream me his in other, my quest. Stream his real music. Get get that fake Pete Mitchell music. <laughs> yes. And, and if you if you want a superhero, you got probably like five or six or 10 days left to get one of those, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Want to say there's like nine days after this goes Perfect. Up? Yeah, or my eight. Kickstarter ends February 15th. So okay. anytime previous to that, if you want to get a superhero, join me in that little fun experiment. Mm-hmm. Well, Pete, I'm so glad. You know, I felt this way at the last the last time we talked to you. It's like, you should just be on the show now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, have me on more, man. This is so much fun. We don't I need can't an believe excuse we waited like time. two two and a half years. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have you on again because it's always it's always awesome having you on. It's so hard to like, for me anyway. It's so hard to be like interview mode. We need oh, to talk right. To, we need to talk to Pete about Pete and Pete's projects. I was about and Pete's problems. No, <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, honestly, I kind of love that guys because I don't I don't think I do that well in that format anyway i kind of love what you guys do i'd rather just talk to you like about fun stuff you know it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's something i'm doing or not we so like this that. is perfect yeah excellent and of course we're always we're always open to talk about pete's stuff and pete's <laughs> problems but, uh, <laughs> that would be a but, fun yeah, ongoing I, series let's like, <laughs> dig into the pro- oh man that would be dark and scary <laughs> check it pete's, pete's problems what's going on with pete <laughs> i have issues <laughs> uh, um all right well man thank thanks so much for having me on again guys this is awesome thank really you pete fun. yeah thanks it's, yeah it was, fun. it was fun it was a it's always a pleasure pete we enjoyed oh, we didn't even get to talk to you about fallout Ugh. oh man <laughs> I, I, actually i do want to tell you one quick story about that yeah. So I, um, you know, I lived in Japan for about a year and a half. And when I was there, this was like 10 years ago, when I was there, I taught myself to speak kind of, to speak Japanese as well as I could, like maybe like a five-year-old basically, because I was, you know, reading Japanese children's books and I taught myself through these Japanese children's books. Anyway, hadn't used it since. So my first night of playing Fallout 76 and it's online, obviously. And that's one of the reasons I didn't really want to play it is because I like playing those games by myself. But anyway, mm-hmm. I log on and this guy is like dancing around the campsite and he's like clearly wants to join me and he like requests to join. And I, I join him and he's Japanese, doesn't speak a word of English. <laughs> and so 
we're running around and I'm like recalling as much as I could. So I was communicating him in my terrible broken Japanese and it worked. It was like enough to like, and it was so much fun because I, I was like talking to him as if I was a five-year-old, like, you know, like in That's Japanese. Awesome. Yeah. It was That's so much awesome. fun. Yeah. I got, it was like, what are the, what are the chances that the first guy I meet is the only other language I speak? You know what I mean? Huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really well, okay. fun. Five-year-old level or not, props to you for learning any Japanese. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, man. Yeah. It made me want to go back and study more because I was embarrassed at how much I'd forgotten. I, I The other day, I kind of wanted to learn French, but I don't I have love any French. reason for it. I don't know any French people. <laughs> but I feel you know like what? Get maybe a French show that France. you super dig. Or, or Canada. I think that's why I wanted to learn French. I was watching The Break, or I think it's called The Break. It's like a detective show on Netflix, and I think it's French. And yeah, I think I could pick up French. I think that's yeah. a great reason to do it. I mean, I know it's hard these days for to, to take a trip to France, but eventually you will. But even even not with that in mind, like, yeah, getting into a French show or French music that you really dig and being able to enjoy it on that level, I think is worth it. Yeah. And you don't have to go to France. You can go to Canada. There oh, you yeah. Go. That's much closer. Exactly. There you go. Get or some New Orleans. and yeah. speak some French or New Orleans. And harass oh, our, yeah. our, our Canadian gumbo. podcast friends. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, French is yeah. a good one. French is actually pretty accessible. It's not like, you know, some some weird rare language that you won't ever get to use. French is use, very useful. Yeah, I feel like, well, I no, I guess knowing one language is a little bit of a bummer in the modern day. But I guess on the plus side, at least it's I know English. And yeah, if you're going to only know one, know this English. is the one to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Sorry, for real. We should end this. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, Pete. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcast, visit GrolixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast. Or follow us on Twitter at Grolix Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time all at once. Yeah, man. Anytime, like, if you ever think of it, like, hey, West, what's, Westworld, what's the you know? guy's doing? Oh, Ooh. Westworld. Because uh, yeah, Randy loves Westworld. So. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, so, it's yeah. great. Let's yeah, do a Westworld season- episode. Yeah, I'm down. Season when is season three pro- coming? Probably three years from now. <laughs> Dude, why do they do it? Why do they do that to us? I know it's sure so it's so rough. The problem is like the the like high quality, super expensive shows are taking like the year and a half, two years between seasons. Yeah. So the the lower quality. Okay, I'm gonna reel that back. Not the lower quality, but the 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 shows that maybe don't need it feel like they can do it now too. Right? No. <laughs> No, Doctor Who, you don't need to take a year off. Do the show. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're filming it. Doing yeah. it. Like they're already doing it. So it's like, why is it going to take a whole year? I don't understand. They're just yeah. hoarding it.